When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So, because me and Ashley just returned from a magical day at Disneyland oh, yesterday. I am, still, I am still on a high. You know? I've got the magic in me. Ashley, it's my <laughs> turn. Um, for today's Terrence Fun Fact, whatever it's Duh. called. Um, did you know that the plants in Tomorrowland are all edible? Yes. Okay. Well, did you know <laughs> a pet cemetery is located behind the Haunted Mansion? Yes. Okay. Well, did you know there's a basketball court in the Matterhorn? Yep. Well, did you know? <laughs> I've been on not did two. Did you know? Three Disney tours. Oh, we do know. Did you know there's over 200 feral cats? Yes, I've seen yes, them. Yes, did. I've seen them. Did you know Walt Disney waited in line with park guests just out of sheer joy? Yep. Ashley, I know you guys don't even know that. Okay. The UAFM has Did no idea. Did you know how many times in history has Disneyland closed? Once. Only three. Damn. <laughs> I win. Get out of here. I, I don't think the UAFM knows, has any idea how much of a diehard Disneyland fan I am. Dude, honestly, like... I have been on not two, but three Disney tours. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know people. Yes. I've done research. Yes. When I was in college, I wrote papers. Yes. <laughs> we, I'm just me like, and Ash very quickly, like that was one of our deciding factors in our friendship because yeah. we were both pass holders. We were both not just like, oh, we love going to Disneyland. Like I had like books about like the hidden Mickeys. Like I mm -hmm. was like the person in line asking the workers to like tell me a secret. So I feel like the first time like we went together and realized like we geek out mm -hmm. just as much. We were like friendship. Yeah. Oh, so fascinating. What was I going to say? So what? Who was I? Your face just said something so weird. I was I was thinking of a word, but then I. Anyways, anyways. So me and Ash went to Disneyland. It was fun. <laughs> um, we'll we'll post some photos for you guys so you guys can enjoy. Yeah, it was it was so we, we like. I I just want I just want to say yeah, multiple times because obviously in California in Southern California, um, after the fifteenth there was no masks. Mm -hmm. we've it's been lifted we're allowed to walk around without masks at disneyland well a period but like yeah at disneyland yeah um so taryn and i were this is our first time back in like a year and a half and we were very unsure of like what we were going to walk into because of the no mask policy and we're, and we're back to like you know kind of feeling more like normal yeah. life i completely forgot about covid like completely yeah. forgot about it there were multiple times where i was walking next to someone and i was like 
oh, I guess I'm kind of close, you know? And I, I was like, and I was basically like, oh. riding the man in front of us. <laughs> and then she turns around because she's like almost touching him, like breathing on his neck. Okay. And she turns, okay. she's like, oh my God, I was so close to him. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's, you the know what? magic took over and there was, was no 2020. Say, 2020 was dead. I think it was not only were majority of people not in masks, so it seemed normal, but Disneyland is something like, we love so much and couldn't do for so long. Mm-hmm. And no one is in a bad mood at yeah. Disneyland. Like yeah. everyone's happy. Everyone's doing their own thing. So Except for that one kid felt- that didn't want to go on the ride that one time. Yeah. I wonder how he's doing. Honestly, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm just glad we weren't on the same cart. You know him. what, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to <laughs> the podcast. Unsolicited advice, uh, where we talk about so many other things that are way more important than our trip to Disneyland. <laughs> But are they? My name's Ashley. That's Taryn. I'm Taryn. And yeah, we just had the best weekend. We t- <laughs> it was like the most much needed like best friend day oh and the God. most perfect best friend day. Uh, but we had freaking UA fam approach we, us. We, we met some of you guys. You guys were so cool. We were in line at Indiana Jones and this girl was like, are you Ashley and Taryn? <laughs> And we were like, like, why yes, we are. Who, me? (laughs) Who, us? You recognize us from the pod? And it was really cool meeting a few of you guys that specifically, it was from the podcast. Like it wasn't from YouTube or Instagram or anything else. It was from the podcast. It was really cool to meet you guys. We had a lot of really cool conversations. Yeah. um, We also met uh, one of our 10% male listeners. Yes, we did. Which was a big deal. Also, like, it's funny because I feel like every time someone comes up to me in public and is like, hey, like, I love your podcast or like your videos or whatever, they always seem like so apologetic. Like, I'm so sorry. Is there any way I could just like say hi or take a picture? But I'm always like, I love it because it makes me feel... I'm like, oh, it like, I almost like picture their faces now, like when we're talking, cause it's like, yeah. oh, there's real people like yeah. listening. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always love it. I think it's so fun, but I just, I personally, I'm like, if you, fa- if you recognize us from the podcast, then you know me, you know, us. you know, me. you know, our deepest we're insecurities, friends. we get along and fears <laughs> and embarrassing moments. Uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of embarrassing moments, what a great yeah. segue. You know, um, I have a great turn it up for, for us, for all of us. Um, when I spoke to uh, some of you guys yesterday at Disneyland, the most magical place on earth, um, <laughs> I asked you guys what you guys love hearing the most. And they were like, oh, the tearing it up's hands down. And I yeah. was like, yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so uh, as if we needed any more confirmation, I know, I we know. will forever continue with the tearing it ups. Uh, Taryn, you want to explain what a tearing it up is for any newbies out there? Yeah. So basically this kind of developed from me sharing the embarrassing things that happen in my life. Taryn's a klutz. <laughs> okay. And it happens all the time. It's not. It's not just that I'm a klutz. It's that the universe is against me. Okay? It doesn't matter what it is. Tell, it'll always happen to Taryn. Tell, tell them about me hitting my head in Space Mountain. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They're not going to find it funny. They weren't there. 
But I will say another one. I will say another one no, that I think I is think funnier. I think funny. it's funnier. We were okay. So we were okay. Pa- I'm going to paint a picture. Oh, we're no. on the parts of the <laughs> Caribbean up. ride. We're in the very back of the boat, and there's a bunch of people sitting in front of us. You know, we're in the very back, and me and Taryn are just having a ball, like laughing so hard. Everything's funny. We're having a good time. The magic is in us. You uh-huh. know, we're high on magic, and. <laughs> Freaking, we're at the part where it's kind of quiet it's and and the like bombs are going off so I guess it's not quiet but like it's quieter and we're leaving the bomb area and out of nowhere me and Terry are in the middle of a conversation and like Terry gets splashed with water and I'm sitting right next to her not a single drop hits me but also and then it like, happens again like it, we it weren't going down. And we weren't going screaming. down a wave. I swallowed it. <laughs> we weren't going down a wave. We weren't doing anything. It was literally just the cannons. And I've never had where it's like splash. Mm, yeah. But it literally like shot water straight in my face. Like while I was talking to Ashley. Mm-hmm. And I was really grossed out because it got in my mouth. But anyway. So the way you said my name just now was weird. What did I say? You said like Ashley. Ashley. Like you, you did Ashley. like three syllables oh. instead of two. Ashley. Roll back, roll back the tape. Ashley. 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 Ash. Anyways, <laughs> uh, moving on to our tearing it up. <laughs> I swear I'm not going to talk about Disneyland again. Yeah, we will. I'm not going to talk about Disneyland again. <laughs> yeah, we will. Because it was so much fun. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. All right. This one is titled The Boy Who Backflipped Into a Wedding Table. Tearing it up. I already can picture it. Hello, Ash and Taryn. My name is Camden, and I have a ridiculously embarrassing story to share with you guys. Before I get into the story, however, I just wanted to take a minute to tell you guys how truly appreciative I am of both you and this podcast. Listening to you guys has helped me through more than I can imagine, and I truly don't know where I would be without you. All right, now on to the story. So I'm currently 17 years old, and the situation is something that I experienced (laughs) earlier last year. I attended a wedding in the early fall of last year, and I was already uncomfortable enough as it is because the specific wedding was one where I knew no one. The couple getting married was friends with my parents in high school, and I really just didn't want to go because I knew that I was going to be so awkward the whole night simply for the reason that I didn't know anybody. The wedding ended up being beautiful. It was in this huge, gorgeous venue, and everyone that attended um, the wedding had amazing energy that motivated me to actually get up out of my seat and have fun, which is a big deal. Wow. Which is yeah, big, yeah, if you don't know a single person, but you're going to get up and go dance. Yeah. That says a lot. Yeah. At some point in the night, someone decided to start a little dance off. Everyone got in a big circle and one or two people would hop in the um, circle and bust some moves. My literal nightmare. <laughs> I, I've been there before when people nightmare. started chanting Ashley's name. And, and I've I been think, like, I think I threw myself in the middle of the circle <laughs> to like help you. Because <laughs> I saw her face and I was like, oh God. <laughs> oh, shoot. He continues, I had no intentions in taking part in this dance off until this one girl hopped into the center of the circle and did a backflip. Growing up, I was a, quote, self-taught gymnast. I never took any classes, but I loved to tumble. My little sister encouraged me to hop into the circle and do something. Oh, no. So I did. I hopped into the circle and did a round-off backflip, and everything was fine. The girl who originally did the backflip came back and did another flip. Everyone began to back up, giving us more space to flip. And I decided that I was going to do a round off back handspring backflip. 
That requires My a damn. lot of space. Yeah. As I approached the flip, I realized that I had a really fast and high hurdle giving me lots of momentum. In the middle of my first backhand spring, I decided I was going to add in a few more before finishing things off oh with God. a backflip. I'm scared. I ended up doing three more backhand springs and then I did the backflip. Everything was going smoothly until all of a sudden I came to an abrupt stop on my stomach. I took a second look to see what happened. And that is when I realized that I had backflipped right onto the wedding table. <laughs> please, please tell me there's footage somewhere of this. Is there a photo or something? <laughs> I, you know, what's the best part is everyone in the room knew what was going to happen they saw before it happening. It happening. Yeah, yeah. He, he couldn't cause he was backflipping. That's when you're like, but everyone no, else was like, no, no. <laughs> it was like slow motion. <laughs> he continues. Everyone was staring at me with their jaws on the floor. And I had a huge cut on my leg from landing on top of a pile of silverware and glasses. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This is my favorite part. I got up and pretended like I was fine. <laughs> As everyone does, but that's hard to do when you have a gaping yeah. cut on your leg. Oh, shoot. In hopes that it would make it less embarrassing. Nobody was angry. In fact, the bride later told me that it made her night, which same. <laughs> me too. But for some reason, every time that I come to think about this experience, I can't help but sit with my hands in my face wondering how did I let that happen? Thank you so much for taking the time to read this. I know it's long, but I just wanted to fit in all the details. Love you both so much. Wow. But Camden. That, that is just a perfect example of why, like when stupid things happen, it's because you're in the moment, your adrenaline gets going. Like yeah. he's literally mid flipping and he's like, I'm gonna keep going. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, it's I like, I know exactly no what thought. it was. They were, there was for sure praises. Yeah, everyone's those screaming. Praises, everyone's those like, praises are like drugs to yeah. me. When people are like, go Ashley, you know, I'm in the middle of doing something good. Then I'm yeah. just like, I'm gonna keep this going. And, yeah. and then something the, bad the happens because there's no longer thought involved. <laughs> yeah, Guys, if you have an embarrassing story like this, we need you to stop what you're doing. Pause this podcast, write us an email, share your funny story yes. so that we can all get a good laugh. Okay. Okay. Would love it. Okay, cool. Cool. Hello, everyone. It's Taryn and Ashley from Unsolicited Advice. And if you want to listen to our show without ads, you can now. Just go to unsolicitedadvice.supercast.com or click the link in the episode description and you can get a one-week preview of the ad-free version for free. You'll get ad-free listening to the show. You can listen on almost any podcasting app and you'll be supporting our show too. That's unsolicitedadvice.supercast.com. Um, I'm going to go first since you just went. Good so. call, good call, good call. Also, um, I don't get me wrong. I loved the Enneagram episode so much. Oh, we had such a good time. So much. But I'm really excited to get back to just like life me situations. Too. Me so. too. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. This story is titled, What If He Falls Out of Love With My Eyes? With her eyes. Yeah. You'll, you'll see. 
Okay. Hello, Taryn and Ashley. Hello. I wanted to start off by saying congratulations to Ashley for PA's launch. Baby girl. Thank you so much. Oh my God. I am so excited for you and Alicia and I can't wait to follow your company's journey. I also wanted to personally thank Taryn, not only for sharing the same unpopular name as me. Ooh. I know. Wait, your name is Taryn? Yes. But Taryn's hers is a without story. the E at the end, which I will say, you, pro- you probably get it a lot. There's a, what am I trying to say? She probably gets it pronounced more correctly. M- more often than me. Yes. Because I think the E for some reason at the end throws, it throws people. Off. It's Terrine. Yeah. Terrine. Yes. Um, but also for being so transparent on your YouTube channel, episode three stuck with me. And I wanted to thank you for sharing your emotions because so many women experience similar feelings. Mm. Well, Taryn, look at us Taryns. Maybe all Taryns, Taryns are just like emotional, encouraging beings. <laughs> you know, let's start a movement. Okay. Now to my story. Some background on me. I'm a 23-year-old female in a long-term relationship with the most kind, gentle, and caring man. A few months ago, before my boyfriend and I started dating, I was diagnosed with a degenerative eye condition that is ultimately incurable. I have a short list of things that are in my power that will hopefully slow down the progression, but as of right now, there is nothing on the market to treat, cure, or slow down my degenerating eyesight. Glasses, contacts, or any type of correction does also does not improve, improve my vision. Apart from this, I do have some anxiety that usually is triggered by my diagnosis. However, I am a very high-functioning, anxious human. I love that. I think mm-hmm. many of us are. Um, as I have completed a university degree, currently work my dream job, have an amazing support system of from friends and family, routinely go to the gym, etc. Now, for your uncertified yet highly valued advice. Yes. Love it. You understand us. My boyfriend is incredible at navigating my anxious emotions and physical barriers together. He approaches every situation I bring to him with open arms and is always a listening ear for all my concerns. He has never once made me feel unloved, unworthy, or anything of a negative nature. He is so supportive, reassuring, and is constantly providing me with so much love. For whatever reason, I still feel an anxious cloud over top of me worried that one day if my vision gets so bad that I can no longer live the same life I currently do, he will leave. We talked about this many times together and I do believe and trust him. However, I can't help but feel my condition may cause changed feelings in the future. We recently purchased a house together and are getting possession very soon. I am so incredibly excited, but my brain has been hyper-focused on worrying how my eyesight may cause my best friend to fall out of love with me. My anxiety is preparing for the breakup I never want to happen, and I hate it. It sucks because I can't do anything to improve my eyesight, and trust me, I would do anything under the sun to do so if I could. It also sucks because I won't know when or if my eyesight will get worse until the day comes. Any advice on how to feel more comfortable and at ease with my diagnosis and my relationship is welcomed and so appreciated. Love you both. Love, Taryn. Taryn. I know. That breaks my heart. I know. I, uh, like, this is what's 
it hard for me and we say this all the time but I don't think you guys understand like how connected we feel to all the people that write in and I just wish that I could like hug you Mm -hmm. and talk to you about this and be able to just like constantly be like encouraging Mm -hmm. um because this this situation just breaks my heart and I think it's something that you know obviously a lot of us can't relate maybe to the severity of it but we obviously can try to take a second to put ourselves like mentally try to imagine what it would be like if we were in your shoes and I think give a helpful like view of everything from an outside perspective too yeah so um I definitely have a lot to say but did anything come up that you wanted to say first um I think okay Obviously, I've never gone through anything like this. So this is just my personal opinion. Um, Obviously, it sucks that you have this diagnosis and and you're forced to have to live under these conditions and with the threat of possibly losing your eyesight. I can't imagine how that must feel. Um, I can only say that I do think all of those fears and anxieties that you're feeling surrounding your eyesight I can only assume that that's the most natural thing on the planet um and I think it's probably good that you let yourself kind of like process through that and handle those emotions and give yourself time to get used to that idea because that is a possibility for your future um but I feel like this diagnosis has already taken away so much from your life already so the goal would be to as soon as possible, get comfortable with the idea that this is a possibility and this is in your future so that you could almost like move on from it and continue to live as present as you possibly can now. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, we've talked about this before, but um, I think I brought up the scenario like a lot of times like in psychology, like if someone you know, if you have a baby and then the baby has some type of, um, you know, is either like mentally or physically has a handicap or something, you almost have to go through a process where you let yourself mourn the loss of the child you thought you were going to have. So that way you can then celebrate the beautiful child that you do have. Yeah. And I think like that for me, after I learned that has helped me in how I just process life in general, because I think we underestimate the value of mourning when something doesn't go the way that we thought it was going to. Because if you don't properly mourn, then you're going to be carrying that baggage with you throughout the rest of your life. Yeah. And I think, I think like in your email, I, I mean, I definitely hear that you're still in that process. And I think that with something that is a slow moving, like you don't really know when it's, happening and you know you could have you know like you're saying your anxiety I'm sure of like oh I wake up tomorrow and it's gotten worse I think that this is gonna be a cycle that you're gonna have to go through a lot of like when there's bad news when there's maybe a progression of what's going on you know giving yourself that space to like to mourn the circumstance but then I think the most important important part then is then moving on to accepting and 
being loving to yourself where just where you're at. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's a, that's the personal aspect of what you're writing in about. Mm -hmm. Let's move to the boyfriend girl. I'm just going to say this. He, I think the best thing that you need to hold on throughout this entire thing he knew about your diagnosis before even getting into a relationship with you. Not only has he stayed in a relationship with you, but he is fully committing to you in different things. Like you guys bought a house together. That's mm -hmm. not something that you just do with someone. If you're like, eh, like I'm only in this, for I a might little bit. be out next month. I don't yeah. know. And the fact that he's constantly encouraging you and, and trying to give you that security, I think that 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 this is the most important part is going to be learning how to trust in that. Yeah. Like it sounds like he's showing you in so many different ways. I am here. I love you and like we got this, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like at a certain point even though your anxieties might be high and you have good days and bad days, there has to be some level of okay, he's proven himself and you have to like actively, and I've said this before on so many episodes, you have to actively like put those thoughts and those anxieties away because he has shown up time and time again and stepped up, told you he loved you, yeah. has been there from the beginning. And even though it's difficult when you feel those such strong emotions yeah. of fear, um, you have to remember who he is and that he's been, he's been there from the beginning and he, he deserves that trust and knowing yeah. that like, Hey, I know you're going through it, but you should never doubt me. Yeah. You know? Well, and like, I think, you know, I just went through this kind of like trusting a relationship with, you know, even like Ash and, and my friends and my family. Um, you know, I'm going through this realization that I have like a problem with binge eating and I'm, I'm getting counseling and everything for it. But there was this point in my session where she was like, tell me about your support system. And mm -hmm. I started crying really hard. And she was like, okay, what? Like, why did you have an emotional response to that? And it was because at the end of the day, I knew my support system is so beautiful and so strong and so just sitting there with open arms. And it was like this, like this realization that I am the one that's keeping myself from accessing that. Mm. And so even the times where like, I have sat with you guys and told you about how I'm feeling and my fears and my, my projections onto you guys of like judgment or shame or anything like that. At the end of the day, it's like, I came to realize it's not fair for me to be keeping you from doing your job, which in my life, if you are my best friend, your job is to support me and right. like you want to. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, by me, like keeping all this stuff from you, I'm not only hurting myself, but I'm also not letting you be there for me, which you want to be there for me. Yeah. And if so, and he does too. Like yeah. it's clear. Yeah, clearly. And I, I feel like if he, he I, I can only imagine like how it must be for you. Again, I really want to emphasize, emphasize that. Um, but I, I can only imagine how much these fears must be getting in the way of yours and his relationship. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he's, you know, trying his hardest and you're trying your hardest, but in the end, the best thing you can do is accept that those thoughts and fears are going to come when they come actively put them back in check and like, yeah, 
say, okay, I'm dealing with thoughts today. You wake up, you're having those fears. Then you say, okay, this is my day today. I'm going to actively say like, my boyfriend loves me. I, he's here now. I can see him now. Mm -hmm. I would love for you to be able to get to a place where you, where you can put those emotions in check and be able to live your life so that you can create beautiful memories with him now while you can, Yeah, you know, in case who knows what happens, maybe, you know, life's short and you never know what's going to come next. And it's, we can't stress on the future. We need to focus on today. Yeah. I also think like, I think love is such a powerful thing and I think it overpowers a lot. And I think right now you're probably balancing. And again, this is me just like imagining or putting thoughts into your head, but I think you're not only scared of losing him as like, your love, but also you are creating this life with him where you are becoming dependent and creating routines and stuff with him. So I'm sure that's scary too. But one of the things, and I was just talking about this with one of my friends. Um, she has a baby and I was talking about how I think it's so cool that like a mom like gives birth and then she like, as that child's growing, she's constantly carrying it right mm -hmm. so like the other day I went on a hike with my sister and my nephew and I held him for five minutes and I thought my arm was physically gonna fall off because I don't carry him every single day but my sister can like hold him and carry him for uphills doing chores like doing all these things with him attached to her hip because her body has developed that strength as he's been growing mm -hmm. to where like she naturally is able to care for him in the way that he needs yeah and I think too your everything that's happening with you your boyfriend is in the know he's going he's moving along with you he's shifting what he needs to do based off of what you're doing too so I think you need to stop thinking of it as like oh this is just a new thing to him like he's growing and he's committed to you and going along with you so it's does that make sense? Like mm -hmm. I'm making the connection of, I don't think it's something he's always going to just be like, Oh my gosh, today's so hard because every day, like he's already built in, like he's in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like every day something new happens and he's like, well, where is this coming from? Like, right. He's, he's been growing and going through this situation with and you. He's choosing to. Yeah. So he's building up that strength yeah. to like, do life with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that you need to trust him in that and be able to say like, okay, this is obviously an insecurity I have going through my mind. Mm -hmm. So let me continue to listen to that. Obviously I have some mourning I need to do. And I think you need to like give him the chance to be that support without yeah. being questioned, yeah. you know? And it, it actually is not fair to put those projections on him, especially when he's trying so hard to, to be there for you and is making those choices to change his life so that it better fits yours. You know what I mean? Totally. And I think he, um, you sound like a beautiful person and you sound like you're just killing it in life. And I, I think that you are, you need to remember that you are worth someone being in a relationship and taking you for as you are, as you are, all mm -hmm. of us are. Mm -hmm. And I think I've even realized that lately is like, I have this thing where I'm like, Oh, well, I don't want to start going on dating apps because no one's going to want to date me at my physical state right now. And like, 
I think that is the most disgusting way to think. And Mm -hmm. I think we all have things in our life where we're like, oh, I need to get this taken care of before I can be something someone wants. Mm -hmm. And so I think right now you need to stop saying, oh, he's going to fall out of love with me because of my eyes. And you need to remember that he's in love with you. And that includes your eyes, like Mm -hmm. bottom line. So there's nothing you need to do to form yourself into something he wants. You are a beautiful person with everything involved and you need to trust that he loves you for you. Mm -hmm. A thousand percent. Yeah. And what a blessing that like you guys met and like started dating and he knew about this from the very beginning. Yeah. Like that's such a weird thing that I feel like if you had met and started dating and then got the diagnosis, like that would be something that I would struggle with. Be like being like, you didn't sign up for this. Yeah. But he did. Yeah, no, like I he know. fully did. I think this is great. And I think I can't wait for you to like get to a place where you can sit back and like, you know what I mean? Rest and just be like confident mm-hmm. in the support that you have. Mm-hmm. But Taryn, thank you so much for writing in. I am so honored to be a part of the Taryn Club with you. And um, we're definitely sending all the love and encouragement. And I hope that you felt heard today, but I hope you are also reminded that you are so worthy of living a life where mm-hmm. you're not worried about being an inconvenience to anyone because yeah. you are beautiful and perfect just the way you are. Yep. Yes. Okay. I'm ready My for My turn. Uh, this one is titled... Why am I scared of change? I don't know. <laughs> why, why, why are, are we you? all? <laughs> um, so yeah, let me go ahead and dive into this. Um, hi, Taryn and Ashley. Hello. She wants to stay anonymous. Where do I even begin? It's so interesting to think that I'm writing this email basically a year after I found out about you two and your podcast. The beginning of quarantine was crazy, scary, and uncertain times with my father stuck out of the country and my mom and I struggling to get by. I found comfort in a new influencer I found who goes by the name of Miss Remy Ashton, which led me to Alicia Marie's vlog channel, which led me to the two of you. Life is funny like that. It leads you to one great surprise after another. Stop. I love that so much. I know. That's so cute. And can I just say, they say after a year, you can say you fully know a person. Oh, my so, like, God. So, technically, we're more than acquaintances. Just <laughs> saying. Now, after a year of my freshman year at college being online and a year of making breakfast while listening to vlogs from you all, life has suddenly changed. In May, I got accepted to an internship right next to my college campus, which is actually seven hours from home. I immediately got a dorm at college and I moved this past week. While I thought it would be an exciting new adventure and couldn't wait to get to know my new city, I found myself crying this whole week because I miss home. It's not that I don't appreciate this new internship or being in a big new city. It's just that I realized that when summer is over, are you kidding me? I'm so sorry. That was as quiet as I can get them. I'll still be here because I'll be back to campus in the fall anyways. This made me realize that I'll no longer be attending lectures and studying from home, going grocery shopping with my mom, helping my dad at work, and taking walks with my dog in the evenings. I keep thinking that this means my childhood is over. 
when I was at home this past year, I couldn't wait to grow up. I couldn't wait to eventually get married and have this grand new life. Actually, I've always thought about wanting to grow up throughout my entire childhood. But now that I'm in this new position, seven hours from home, I keep thinking about why I didn't pick a college that was 30 minutes from home. I want to transfer, but my parents keep telling me that I'm being silly because I'll have such cool opportunities here. I keep thinking about how I'll make sure to stay home all of next summer. I'm even thinking four years in advance and considering a gap year before grad school. As you can see, I've led myself into a pretty nasty spiral and I haven't even been here for a full week. Quarantine was so scary, but looking back on it, I loved the routine. I miss the little things like how my parents would comfort me at midnight when I was studying for a really hard test or how I could watch cooking with Remy or her vlog channel in my living room. I don't want to grow up and be on my own now that I'm in my, my dorm. I have my mom on FaceTime all day long just so I feel like I'm right there at home while she's washing dishes or playing with my dog. I'm not sure if this was too long of a letter, but my main question honestly is why am I so afraid of change? Everyone has to grow up at some point, but why do I keep crying over missing my childhood? Is it just a phase? I've always believed that everything happens for a reason, but what can I do to gain strength and stop feeling so scared? I would love any advice you have. Thank you so much for taking the time to read my letter, and I hope you ladies have a fabulous day. Dang. Wow. I feel that. I really do. I, the first thing that comes, there's a lot of things to talk about, but like the first thing that comes through my head is I feel very similar in the fact that there's this weird nostalgia that Mm -hmm. came out of quarantine that I was not expecting. Yeah. (laughs) And quarantine was scary and there there was a lot of really crazy things going on. I couldn't see my parents for a long time. I couldn't see my friends for a long time. All I wanted to do was get out of the house. Um but like weirdly there's a lot of really great memories that came from being forced to stay home. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with that like safe routine. Yeah. And no, I do fully. think like if you were being home and you were quarantining and doing all those things, there was a measure of safety and feeling safe that came out of not going outside and being social, like uh, health wise and physically. Yeah. So I think because of that and because of the routine and because you, ha- you happen to have a great relationship with your mom, like that, those became beautiful memories. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. I think it's really weird how I'll find myself like missing quarantine sometimes oh we literally were just talking about that the other day yeah, like like we, my like, job was on pause like everything was sitting weird. on the floor in the closet recording like everything yeah. seemed so like fun and new and honestly anonymous you are not the only one I think this is something even even in like my other job where I work with kids a lot of the kids returning to school are having a lot of like social anxiety separation anxiety um, babies who were born during quarantine have mm-hmm. a really hard time interacting with other people or too much noise. Like a lot of us formed, I think like different things or even like development in some areas was yeah. like stunted because of the lack of interaction. I, I have like very sporadic social anxiety, but it was, it was really like once in a blue moon, but I've noticed myself having more anxiety or uh-huh. like like you said, like wanting to cling to certain things. So I think the first thing is to acknowledge like you're not alone and this is not like crazy right? because I think that'll help you to be like, oh, okay. Like this is like a normal feeling. And also 
I don't think there's anything wrong with like wanting to build your life around your family. No, not at all. I am a person who I know that I would not be able to ever live too far from my family because we're so close. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I have my own life. I'm independent. I do my own thing, but I still am very connected. So I th- I just want to throw that out there. Like, I do think you need to give this new chapter more of a chance because it's only been a week, right? She mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. But if in the end of you kind of navigating how you feel, the solution is you want to transfer to a school close- closer to home. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's what I was going to say. So I, it, I really feel the same way. I think what might've happened is maybe you learned something about yourself this last year. Maybe you are more of a homebody. Maybe you do want to be closer to your parents. Do I think you should transfer schools? Honestly, personally? No, I think this is a great experience. I think everyone should experience life outside of their parents, outside of their hometown. I think a lot of growth happens around then. And I think it's easier for you to figure out what you want when you're separated in that way. Mm -hmm. If by the end of the year, you are still craving home. You feel lonely. You're unhappy. Obviously you got to do what's best for you because obviously you might have feelings to where you want to stay at home and you want to do all those things in your hometown. And that's totally fine. But I do think it is good and so crucial that you challenge yourself and allow yourself to make that decision like somewhere else, because I do think there's a comfortability that comes with staying in your hometown and I think the only way that you'll know if you belong back at home or somewhere else is for you to stay where you are right now and fully write out this year and give yeah, it your at least, all, you know? And even like check in with yourself if you want to be like, okay, at the end of the semester, I'll check in, see how yeah. I'm doing. Okay, like I'm definitely forming some friends, still want to go home, but I feel a little more secure. I'm going to go one more semester. Yeah. Like college is, I get it. I get the pressure. Me and Ash definitely took the like... <laughs> We'll graduate someday approach to college, <laughs> yeah. but we did. So <laughs> joke that we got our degree um, and we're famous now on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like, I, I just think for me, I know I don't like to make decisions because I'm scared or I feel like I'm like, I can't, mm-hmm. I like to at least give myself an opportunity to say, okay, I genuinely tried, like I genuinely tried to like form a connection, get involved, do whatever. And I still am not into it. And then I think that helps me to just be able to say like, oh, like it's just not what was for me. But I will say even like my first college I went to was only 15 minutes away from my parents' house. Yeah. But just me being outside of the house and independent in that way created enough space for me to like figure out my own life. Uh And like, even though I I live like an hour-ish away from my parents now, like it still is cool for me to be like, oh, I'm intentionally going to go home today or no, I think I need a few days to like just chill before going back or things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think you'll find your routine, but I don't think it's failing if you stay or go or whatever. No. So I think you need to take the pressure off of like, I have to make a decision right now. And I think you just give yourself a timeline and your parents, I get why they're encouraging you to stay because they want you to like be strengthened and find your independence and what you love and all these things but they ultimately are going to respect what you choose to do Mm -hmm. but even tell them like yeah you guys like I'm not doing too well but I'm gonna give myself this semester and see where I'm at at the end of it yeah and and it doesn't matter I feel like um 
I don't know why, but I was, I'm sensing that you're like feeling guilty for want to stay home and there shouldn't be any kind of guilt whatsoever with that decision. I do again, fully think that you need to ride this out and really go for it. Um, because right now, in my opinion, is the best time to be alive. When you're in like a new chapter of your life, you are like (laughs) Carrie Bradshaw. Mm. You know, I like, I'm like, picturing like (laughs) romantic comedy intro scene where you're like the new girl on campus and you're you know you're trying all these new things you get to be anyone who you want to be and you could try someone else out you know and and like dress dress a fun way and no one will question it or say anything because no one knows you this is such a fun time to be alive so I Ashley would like to encourage you anonymous to fully dive in to this new chapter, experience everything, make as many friends as you can, say yes to the parties, like go try the internship, try a club, 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 you know, become a runner because you want to, or, you know, like throw, throw a house party or do, do whatever you got to do and see if that fits. And if it doesn't fit, then girl, you're a homebody and transfer and who cares? Yeah. And it sounds like you're obsessing over the thoughts. So I think either plan a trip home that you have to look forward to or plan a deadline that you have like, I'm not stressing about this until that day to like free that stress from your mind. Yeah. Like start planning your holiday trip home now, you know, like it'll, it'll, it'll be great. I'm actually so, so, this is such a great time to be alive for you. Anyways, let's uh, wrap this up, shall we? Yeah. Thank you so much to everyone who wrote in. Um, Thank you for trusting us with your lives mm. and we hope you feel loved at the end of the day. Okay. Our Ready? one goal. Yes. Did you hear about the huge sale on canoes? No. It's quite the ordeal. <laughs> Do you get it? That's funny. That's funny. Oh my right? God. It was good. It was good. It was good. Guys, thank you so much for always sticking uh, through the end of the episode. If you're still here, you're our faves. And yes. uh, be sure to follow us on socials and stuff like that. And we will talk to you guys in the next yes. episode. Love Coming you. Soon. Love Bye. you. Bye. Bye.